welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shereen. And we are starting things off this month. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't even say starting things off, should I? No. We're in the middle of Mystery Month Woo! right now over here on the podcast and also on the website at fullybooked.ca. Um, we're just talking about everything to do with the mystery genre, the theme of it, books we like, books we hate. Hey, whatever. We're going to talk about different ones. Um, but today we thought we would have kind of just a chat about, um, I guess a plot device that a lot of authors in the mystery genre really like to use and probably a very effective one, uh, which is that of the unreliable narrator. And it's a, it's a device that's used a lot in literature, not just in mystery, but, um, I got to the point where it's like, if you are reading anything, a novel, short story, whatever it may be, that's being told from a first person perspective, then oftentimes there's some level of, you know, unreliability in some way. Yeah, it's true. In some way, because you have to remember, like, and you can apply this to your own lives, right? Like if you're telling a story of something that happened to you, you're only telling it from your point of view, so it's going to be embellished with your feelings, your thoughts, um, your, your knowledge gap, your perspective um, your on whatever it is that actually happened. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So to a certain extent, we're all our own unreliable narrator, I suppose. We are. Um, before we get into things, Shireen, what is on your nightstand? What are you reading right now? I don't remember. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> what am I reading? We were liars. Did I talk about that one? I don't know. Maybe. I can't remember now. Um, yeah, I did because you don't like we Well, you were talked liars. about it with me, but I don't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast or not. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, if I haven't yet spoken about We Were Liars, uh, <laughs> great book. Um, I think, Megan, you said you didn't enjoy it very much. I didn't. Um, I thought it was a really great read, uh, especially in the summer. It was easy to read. The whole time I was going through it, I was a little bit like, I have no idea what's going on because I felt like, again, like the narrator, the main character, was having like a conversation and the responses were not quite accurate. That Actually, were coming yeah, back. talk about an unreliable narrator. That's yeah. actually very appropriate. Like it was very bizarre and like it took me a while to realize that that was what was happening. Um, and like, you know, she kept saying that her, her three friends and her cousins or whatever, they were very, they were unchanged from the two years mm-hmm. since she had seen them. Um, and maybe, then in the end, okay. I think maybe for me, what it is, is that I guessed that very, very early based oh. on the way that the book was written. I was like, oh, okay. I know what's going on. No, it took me a while. Oh. Um, but and I, I lost the magic for me. I yeah. Think. I think because it took me a while, I really enjoyed like the mystery behind it. Talk about mystery. <laughs> um, but it wasn't like a full on mystery. Like it was, yes it was and like no. a psychological there's, mystery. There's almost yeah. like a whodunit aspect to it. Yeah, there was. And I, I really enjoyed that about this book and like the whole time I was like I don't know what's going on and like this is really intriguing um but yeah in the end I'm not going to spoil it like you find out what did happen and it's quite sad and I felt like it it actually took me a while to like recover from this book like I was going through a lot of like you know reading a book and then just picking up another one and then another one and then another one and I read this one and I was like I need a break (laughs) because like this one was like a tough one like when you found out what happened at the end I I struggled a little bit Mm -hmm. to get over what happened to these characters at least it's effective for you yeah that's really what you want out of a story so what about you Megan what's on your nightstand um I am reading I'm 
probably close-ish to halfway through a book called The Mary Shelley Club, mm. um, which is a young adult um, thriller horror-ish type of mashup uh, about a girl who's recently transferred to a new school. Um, she'd had uh, like a really traumatic attack, like maybe a year prior, if I'm not mistaken, by people in a very horror film type of way. She's also like obsessed with horror mm. movies. Um, and comes into contact sort of in the heat of the moment comes into contact with people who are part of this little secret club that exists within the school made up of a bunch of people who basically play really um really detailed pranks on other people at the school Mm. and she kind of becomes a member of the club and then they kind of like you know forms like these friendships with them and stuff but I think there's more to it than that is my understanding and that there will be you know kind of like when does it become sort of too much what they're doing to people but then also potentially like to each other as well um I mean it's kind of fun so far some of the like meta-ness of it with like how many different horror films are like being referenced and stuff it just sounds like a little some of it i even for me and i fucking love horror movies is a little bit almost like an encyclopedia of like horror films that's being read off a little bit with the discussions that they're having so some of the dialogue between the characters is a little clunky for me do you think that sometimes like when so i've thought about this when you read like a young adult book Mm -hmm and they're doing stuff like this is do you think sometimes what they're trying to do is like introduce more of the genre to the reader i think so and like they're trying I, yeah. to give them a list of like here are all the things if you're enjoying this and you could go read this or watch this or- kind of yeah like i i think that this author obviously it's pretty clear to me that she has a love of like sort of like older like classic yeah. horror film slashers like yeah. all that kind of stuff she's really into it obviously that shines through on this book like very clearly yeah. and i think that it might be kind of a way of also being like not everybody knows what these are so yeah. like i have to spend a little bit of time with exposition it's my job and so I'm sure to some people it doesn't come across as a little overwrought because they don't know some of these films and mm. stuff. I know a ton of them, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, Let's great. Move Let's move on. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's a fun time so far. I think I'm hoping that there's going to be a good conversation within it of like, when does the prank go too far? Like yeah. that kind of thing. Because like, what they're doing is towing the line right now in a very intense way that like I don't really like personally that I'm like oh no that's not a good idea so Mm. but it's nice to have like these gray areas with younger characters in books anyway and kind of see like how they feel about what they're doing by the end so I'll be curious about that um but that's not why we're here (laughs) we're here to talk about unreliable narrators so let's get into that let's go So basically, if people are kind of unfamiliar with the term, um, an unreliable narrator, I guess, at its base level is pretty much a narrator in a story who is basically just can't necessarily, their narration can't necessarily be trusted. Like they're not, you know, necessarily trustworthy in what they're saying. It might be true. It might not be true, Mm. depending on so many different things and maybe portions of a story that they're telling you are true as the reader maybe portions aren't um and there are a lot of different reasons in different stories that uh, a a narrator can be considered unreliable like they can be outright lying they could be they could have mental health problems they could be deluded they could be missing a key piece of information that would make them more reliable it's basically a narrator who has no credibility. Yeah. 
or whose credibility has been seriously compromised. Has been called into question based yeah. on some of the information that, you know, we as the reader are being provided or potentially other characters in the story yeah. are being provided with. And in the best stories, you don't actually realize that your narrator's unreliable for the longest time. A lot of the time, no, it's um, true. You know, until like, and especially in a mystery story, like you only realize that you've been misled or given the wrong information. Um at the end, like when, when the truth comes out and you're like, oh boy, like, you know, narrator really wasn't giving me everything I needed. Um, but it's used in, you know, a lot of literature. Um, if you look at even the great Gatsby, um, Nick Carraway is an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And even things like Catcher in the Rye, Holden Caulfield literally says, he's like, I lie all the time. I'm like a compulsive liar. I do that all the time. And so when you realize that your narrator is unreliable, Oftentimes what I do is I have to go back and start reading it again Mm -hmm. or like I'll finish it and I'll read it again because um, I need to see where the plot holes were, you know, like where they missed things or like where they added their spin on things that changed the story Mm -hmm. completely, you know? Yeah, it's true. Um, And I think that that in and of itself that you feel like you almost have to track it down and keep track of things yourself is pretty much one of the main reasons why this type of this type of device for narration is used so frequently in the mystery genre specifically because a mystery is just that it's a mystery that needs to be solved that is what the genre is about no matter how anyone is going about doing so whether the lead character is figuring out their own mystery whether um uh, there's a cop or some other sort of official tracking things down there could be so so many Reasons. different reasons different characters uh doing something for one you know one reason or another but having a twist is what makes your mystery good generally yeah. and what makes it like fun for the reader yeah. and more interesting for them more engaging for them and an unreliable narrator is a brilliant twist to have like you said especially if you are not aware of that until Mm -hmm. a good chunk of the book has been devoured by you and 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 until after you have formed a connection with the narrator and think that you know them yeah and then it turns out that you don't (laughs) you feel very betrayed it's annoying sometimes like like I often go back to again like Nick Carraway and the great Gatsby like you feel very betrayed by Nick when you realize that like he is very unreliable. Yeah. Um, and then when you go back to the beginning and you start reading, you're like, it, he gives himself away with like certain little words and things that he says. And you're like, oh, it's very subtle. Very, very subtle. Yeah. And I, you know, um, and then you're like, God, I should have realized that. Yeah. But without getting to the point where there are certain actions that take place in a good story, yeah. um, you won't. That's you the won't. point. You yeah. won't know. So it's more of like a reread kind yeah. of thing. Um, obviously... I think I would I would think anyway one of the most famous examples of a popular unreliable narrator is in Gone Girl. Yes, so um in literature um this type of unreliable narrator is called the clown. Oh, there um, we go. So it's a narrator who doesn't take things seriously and feels free to play with conventional storytelling practices. So Amy Dunn in yes, Gone Girl. so Amy Dunn in Gone Girl, and even um, Nick Dunn, to a certain extent, is his own version. <laughs> but Amy is the one telling the story. Yeah, so well, she, uh, well, we get bits, don't we? We get bits through her journal entries, but also through his perspective of what mm. he's dealing with after yeah. she met, she goes missing, I mean. Right, um, and so like in this case, what they're doing is they're playing with readers' expectations and understanding of 
you know, what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, to the point of, she's trying to get the reader on the side of, like, on her on side. On her side. And there are moments where you, st- you are on her side, like, when, you know, in Gone Girl especially. Oh, yeah. When you don't, in that story specifically, and obviously like, we've talked about it previously, but when you don't know, the first time you do, like, a read-through of this, for instance, mm-hmm. when you don't know what has truly occurred and what's yeah. happened to her character and where her character is at that point in the story. Yeah. Um, you are f- like confused. I found myself confused part of the way through because overall to me, it did not seem like Nick had murdered her. Like I yeah. was like, this is weird. This is very bizarre to me. However, her journal entries painted such a picture for yeah. you yeah. in such a subtle way and a realistic way where as law enforcement I'm sure was looking at them for them uh, there's no question as yeah. to what's happened you yeah. know and and you almost feel like this type of narrator because they're like messing with the story so yeah. much they're it, it's like turned into like this this almost form of entertainment for them and, yeah and you like this is the one that you're, oh she's very much like this is entertainment this for is her. entertainment you know and and like when you realize what she's doing then mm-hmm. it's very shocking um and it makes you reassess everything from the beginning yeah. so gone girl is one of those perfect examples yeah. where you feel very betrayed by by also by, by everybody. everybody because yeah. what's great in that one just as a little like quick thing is that nick's version of an unreliable narrator is to simply like that his narration doesn't give certain things away. You don't know he's having an affair no. until his mistress shows up at the yeah. fucking door. And you're like, excuse Pardonnez-moi. me? Like, how dare you? Yeah, that's it exactly. So so that that book I think is also so popular because it employs that for first of all more than one character just brilliantly mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a great one to uh, to look at. There's um, then if you look at like so there's different types in literature of unreliable narrators. Mm-hmm. So um, the other one would be like the madman. Mm-hmm. So um, the narrator who's dealing with mental trauma, mental illness, and it makes uh, it impossible for them to actually interpret anything accurately. Um, yeah. So a good example of this would be uh, the girl on the train. Yeah. Um, so she is struggling with alcoholism, yeah. depression. Um, she adds susp- suspense to the story because she's very uncertain of what's actually happening mm-hmm. in her own reality. And so you're kind of sitting there reading, and I remember, I read this book a long time ago, and you're sitting there and you're like, okay, I know that your storytelling abilities are not accurate. Like, I know this. Oh, yeah. From the beginning. Yeah. Like, I'm not caught off guard here, but I can't actually figure out what is going on. Yes. And so you have to rely on this narrator to tell the story, and then you on your end have to try and piece together the parts of the story that do seem logical. So it, it turns these types of mysteries into more of a puzzle from the beginning. Yes. Whereas like Gone Girl, you feel like you're being fed the accurate information until... Until you're fucking uh, until not. You're not. And you're like, com- oh, how dare you? It is like almost the opposite yeah. of what you thought it was. Yeah. Um, I find even... I love finding, you know, thinking about this and finding different types of stories that also have totally different types of unreliable narrators like that. Um, like something, even if you look at something like Rebecca by Daphne yeah. du Maurier, um, the second Mrs. De Winter, the yeah. unnamed technically narrator, she's Mrs. De Winter. We don't know what her first name is. Yeah. Um, she is an unreliable narrator because she does not have information. She's not been given information. So she's like a great example of that kind. Absolutely. Um, You've got um, an 
an unreliable narrator who over exaggerates or misreports events mm -hmm. just because they want to brag about it. Yeah. Um, it's not as common in crime fiction um, because these ones seem to be like they, you know, they, they, these types of narrators, they want to overshare things. Yeah. Which is like in an, in a crime novel or a mystery, the whole point is to keep some information aside, you know, yeah. to kind of trickle the information through. Um, so it, it's not, one that you would see very often. Um, but, you know, you get those narrators who weave a, a very tall tale. So um, this would be uh, Holden Caulfield would be one yes, of them. Yes, yeah. Um, he likes to brag. He likes to embellish. He likes to... Basically make things up Make completely. things up as he goes along. Yeah. You know, he calls people phonies all the time. Um, and you're like, how could you possibly know that, Holden? Like, you're you're looking at somebody from across the yeah, street. Yeah, of course. Like, you don't even know this person. And there is know? something ironic about him calling people phony. Anyway. I know, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you get, like, um, the naive, unreliable narrator. Yeah. So this is, like, a narrator who would see the world from a childlike perspective. Mm -hmm. um, there's that book, um, The Incident with the Dog in the Night. Oh, yes. Um, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the yeah. Nighttime, I think, is what the title is. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got that one who's, like, a child or, you know, some reason they're looking at it from a very simplified From a way. different perspective, um, yeah. Room by uh, Emma Donahue. Yeah. Uh, Jack, the five-year-old narrator. Um, that movie, and I read the book, mm -hmm. they both destroyed me. Oh, yeah. Um, there are, it's rough. <laughs> it's hard. It's very hard. And... What's interesting about, like, a naive, unreliable narrator is the way that they say things. You know, you have to try and learn their language as you're reading. Yeah, true. I, I almost feel like that naive one, oh, there's this book that I read years ago. It's an older one. I think it was published in maybe the 80s or early 90s. Um called C. Jane Run. Mm. I think the author's name is Joy Fielding. Mm. And that one is not unreliable. I wouldn't call her unreliable. The lead is a grown woman uh, with no mental illness mm. per se. However, she has memory loss right. due to an event that we are unaware of. Mm. We don't know if it's a bop on the head. We don't know if it's something else. Um, and then returns to a life with her husband who comes to claim her, um, but quickly starts to realize that there are things that are off about it. But there is a naivete in sort of her initial agreement to go along with him mm. and just, you know, fall back into a life, but the life that she doesn't remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it, it's interesting to try and classify them this way, and I think I think there's also, you know, the typical liar. Um, and I think in a yeah. mystery novel, like, you do get liars, and I think they typically end up being the ones who actually committed the crime, so they're Usually they're it is hiding the criminal information. Is, yeah. you know? They well, don't want to tell you everything. In a way, I don't know how the book is this way, but you and I just talked about this when we talked about A Simple Favor. Mm. Um, you know, you have unreliable, I don't know, like I believe that the narration's probably from Stephanie's character's perspective yeah. in the novel, um, but she in and of herself is unreliable because it takes a period of time for us to be given the all of her information about yeah. her backstory. Yeah. So she's unreliable in and of herself in the way that she presents herself to the world. Oh, definitely. Just like her counterpart, Emily, yeah. is completely unreliable oh, because absolutely. she's just a fucking liar. But I mean, when you think about it, like, if you want to just look at people around you in a day-to-day, -day, yeah. you know, like, everybody's an unreliable narrator of their yeah. own lives, you know? Like, people lie. They don't want to tell you the truth all no. the time because... The truth is hard to actually share a lot yeah. of the time, or it's not as interesting, 
or you know so um yeah i think a simple favor is a great one because you cannot trust anybody in that whole no, movie no. or in the book <laughs> not You're at like, all you all suck and i don't trust any of you no you know? none of you are very trustworthy at all <laughs> basically um yeah it's funny it you know it trickles into other types of um other even other types of media and other types of stories that you see where you even look at something that you <laughs> you think is as like straightforward as like I know what you did last summer mm-hmm. if you look at something like that there's a lot of unreliability because you are getting certain things from different people's perspectives in the film however there's a whodunit aspect of who the killer is and everybody distrusts one another and everyone believes that it's the other people in the group who are doing this in the first place. So that's like a whole other thing. thing. Yeah. No. And you know, hopefully you've been listening to this and thinking about books that you've read or um, movies that you've seen, uh, whether it be mystery or any other genre. And you're starting to realize that this is like a very big, um, you know, literary device that's used. Yeah it really does just make the story a little bit more interesting. Like, you know, um, when you have kind of that third party or like, uh, what do they call it? Uh, omniscient narrator. Yes. Yeah. Um, you do get all the information. And so there's not as much, um, you know, room for questioning or doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some, you know, there's a lot of great mysteries that are told that way. Yeah. Um, it's just that, you know, as the events are being told in the story, that's how you realize what's happening. Yes. Um, but the ones with the narrators always have to be taken with a grain of salt because it's like, okay, where do you fit in this scheme? Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think, like, where else is that done brilliantly? Like Fight Club. Yeah. Yes. Fight Club is a great one that way. Yes, it is. Um, you... Yes, uh, what's that one? Um, the Sixth Sense. Yeah, the Sixth that's Sense true. Is another great one. That's also um, a good naive, naive, and ironically, it's not because it's a child. Mm. It's actually naive because the person who's the lead character doesn't realize doesn't what's realize going what's on, happening. And, like yeah. with him. Yeah, exactly. Himself, and that even other characters have been subtly trying to let him know about yeah. throughout the course of the story. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, going back to what's on my nightstand we were liars that's another yeah. naive narrator you yeah know? True. she doesn't realize what's going on hers um, is also head trauma it is head trauma that one is a hard one yeah it's um they're just a great there's just something about an unreliable narrator in a mystery story specifically that more often than not again like not in every case but more often than not is going to make your story more interesting i find that like for me it they often make the story more memorable. It ends up being a story that I think about a lot more, um, that affects me a lot more because I think that it's, it's like when you have the narrator and this person who's guiding you through the story, Mm -hmm. you have a certain level of trust with them. Yeah. Um, and like, and because you know what's going on in their minds or in their emotions, you feel like you get to know them so well, but then when you realize at the end that, you know, they weren't actually telling you all the truth or they didn't know all the story, it makes you really think about, like, the points in the story that could have been incorrect or or could have led to a different ending, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's true. I, I think maybe that is what it is at the end of the day, is that when you're reading a story like this and 
it turns out that a large part of the mystery was that the person was not giving you the whole truth yeah. as the reader is that you think about it afterward because you you think to earlier on in this story, could I have seen this coming? Was there an indication of this earlier? And so it, you play it over in your mind several times after you finish a book like this because you want to know, could I have... I, as the reader, as an outside perspective, yeah. could I have somehow spotted this yeah. earlier on? And how would that have changed the story um, yeah. if you could have, you know? Because, you know, the first go around, like, think about it. If you take Gone Girl or, you know, Girl on the Train, mm -hmm. if you know what's happening, like, the full story the whole time, when you go back and read it, it changes the story completely. Oh, definitely. You know what? I've never reread Gone Girl. That would be like an interesting exercise. Yeah. I think knowing the entire story now to go back and actually read, you know, all of the words on the pages yeah. and see uh, how does that stack up now that I've read it all the way through and now that I'm very aware of what the story actually is and where it's going, what do I get out of it that's different than the shock of the first time that I read it, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking of, like, even, like, Game of Thrones, like, tons of unreliable narrators, because every chapter is told from the perspective of a different yeah. character, Well, it's, it's to your point earlier where you said when you're telling a story, you yourself in life, outside yeah. of, like, a book, obviously, when you're telling your own story in life, there is so much um, that, so many little things that can change because everything that you're, all the information you're providing to another person, you're providing from your own perspective. Yeah. This is not an objective third party who maybe doesn't, you know, is even repeating a conversation that they heard, but doesn't know either of the people. Or the emotions involved. Exactly. You know? So can maybe provide a more objective perspective. Everything in life is subjective because yeah. it's from your own perspective and right. your own, um, your own beliefs and your own idea of like what is right what is wrong what do I believe is like the right correct version of this what is my version of events mm -hmm. versus someone else's yeah. god being a, a detective must be a difficult job that way because I'm sure that when you are speaking to people um trying to track something down solve a crime solve well, whatever just, type of just crime dealing with a plethora of unreliable narratives it must be just your entire life right because yeah. you have everyone again providing you their own perspective on things now I do believe that gathering all of that information can probably give you an, a more objective picture of what's taken place if you're able to speak to several people yeah, but you need, I mean, that's why you need witnesses, right? Yeah. Like, go back to any episode of CSI, you know, you, you <laughs> <Yeah>. see this. <laughs> but it's when you, when you don't have those witnesses, when you only have, or maybe you only have one or two people. I wonder, like, I would be curious with detectives, like, it's like, do you prefer to have less witnesses or no witnesses, and then you just let or the evidence speak for itself? Yeah, I or... guess. I guess it depends what kind of evidence you have, yeah, right? Or, and depends true. on the circumstances of the case, who's yeah. involved, what it, what actually happened. What Happened. what the end result was yeah. you know <laughs> oh so many things to think about we all like to think that we could be like citizen detectives but it's a very fucking difficult thing to do it would be hard guys like it wouldn't be an easy thing no it wouldn't like you'd have to sit there and just just be like you're a liar yeah there's you don't I, have the information i think there's so much more sitting around with paperwork than people assume that there is uh there's a lot less like i'm <laughs> My favorites are always when they walk onto crime scenes and pick things up with a pen, <laughs> like a dirty pen. I'm sure like the crime scene text would probably tackle you if you did shit like that. 
know, maybe we need a guest a guest star on the yeah, show this month. Somebody to ask you questions, yeah. Mr. Detective. Can you just answer this, please? Uh, yeah. Anyway, long story short, we're just kind of prattling about it at this point, but long story short, I love an unreliable narrator. Um, I don't even care about the genre. I think it's incredibly well suited to mystery. So Mm -hmm. that's why I think it is there. It's very popular and it's going to continue to be because it almost always works. Like very, it almost always lands. It enhances the story. In my opinion, it's the ones that are the most thought provoking have an unreliable narrator and especially in mystery because when you finally find out what happened even like if it's the narrator who's telling the story you could even argue be like how can I trust you though now is that even what happened because then you have to go back and reread it knowing what you know and being like oh you were still lying to me at the end you know yeah exactly (laughs) like I don't I don't even know and those are where you get those interesting stories too that are still left with very ambiguous endings like is this actually the truth Mm. or is this simply the truth that I'm being provided with their perspective on it yeah yep and you have to make your own informed decision you know you gotta do your own detective work yeah oh they're great they're fun (laughs) anyway Uh, obviously we like an unreliable narrator, but we want to know if you guys do too. So you can let us know over on our Instagram page at fully booked CA. You can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you are still here with us, which I hope that you are, you can, <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to, you can please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening. It really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But until next time, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.